Welcome to On Air with Russell of Hotels, where we talk about everything hospitality, from hotels to influencers and everything in between. We will feature guest interviews with hospitality professionals who will share their experiences. Your host, Russell Edmond, has spent over 25 years in the hospitality industry, beginning his career with Marriott International in hotel operations, before moving into the sales arena and becoming a relationship-building director of sales and marketing. Russell then went to the other side as a hospitality entrepreneur. He now consults in the hotel and meeting space, which includes being the CEO of Russell of Hotels Group. Did I mention he was a veggie foodie? Yes, Russell is always looking for good non-meat eats, Please welcome your host, Russell Edmond. Hello, and thank you for joining on air with Russell of Hotel Live Hospitality Talk Show. I hope all is well. Thank you so much for joining. Happy Tuesday. As we listen to the music, just kind of go out, go out on its own. But thank you so much for joining. It's show number 160, live from, well, as you can see, the backdrop. Well, maybe the people doing the podcast can't see the backdrop it says hollywood uh, but we're live from la for show number 160 but i have a hollywood backdrop so you know la and hollywood they're you know they they're together down the street from each other so anyway hope all is well once again i did say that like three times already but this is on air with russell of hotels live hospitality talk show we're live on youtube right now and then once this is over just so you know it does go on to uh linkedin as well and this is a podcast, so it's it's available on every podcast platform, just on air with Russell of Hotels, live hospitality talk show, and you'll find it there, right? So just if you want to just Google that, you can, and you'll find uh, not just this show, but past shows as well. So thank you guys so much for joining. And let me, I didn't queue up my... What am I trying to say? My um, comments. So I want to make sure that people can make comments or they can make comments, make sure I can read the comments. So just so you know, this is a very interactive show. We I do welcome uh, people to kind of chime in and ask questions, make comments, as long as they're good comments, because I'm not going to read everything if they're not good comments. But at the very least, you're going to get a shout out, you know. Because you're, you know, because you chimed in and said something like, hey, Russell, how you doing? Or, you know, I can hear you loud and clear, looking good, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say, go ahead and say it. And I'll make sure if it's good and appropriate, I'll make sure I mention it on the show as well. So thank you so much. Today is Tuesday, May 24th, connecting people in collaboration, hashtag hospitality unplugged. What does that mean? That means we talk about everything in hospitality. We talk about food. We talk about, well, non-meat eats because I'm a non-meat eater, and I'll explain that a little later. Um, we talk about hotels. We talk about tourism. We talk, we talk to influencers. We talk about everything. So the good, the bad, the ugly of the hospitality industry. And believe me, there's some, you know, you may not believe it, but there's some there's some things, you know, some things in the background that, you know, we wish they were in the background. But, you know, I bring that stuff out, so. But it's all in good. It's all in good fun, though. We try to make it as good, fun, interactive as possible. So um, I guess that's it. I'm trying to think what the heck. I mean, that's not it for the show. I mean, that's it for uh, all the small talk that I would would normally make. Um, I'm trying to think. 
Last week, oh, we had a guest last week. That's right, and I'll get to that later because that's it's a lot more that comes along with that. Okay, I just can't say Paula C was on my show last week. Thank you. No, I can't do that. I have to, you know. There's a whole thing that goes along with Paula C, right? So, uh, but we'll get into that in a couple minutes. But it's a nice day in L.A. I want to say it's about in the 70s. It actually the the um normally it's kind of like that. June gloom. That's what they call it here in Southern California, where um, in June it's primarily in the month of June, but obviously it happens in May as well, is that there's a cloud cover over the sun. Right. So kind of marine layer cloud cover, however you want to put it. And it looks gloomy. But then come about, you know, noon, one o'clock, the sun comes out, the clouds go away, and the, and the sun comes out, and it can be about 72, 73 degrees. I think it's about 70 right now, but the cloud cover came out sooner. So normally it's, it doesn't come out to about maybe about this time or 2 o'clock. But um, today it actually came out. I was out a little, a little while ago, about 10, and it was, it was out already. So that's kind of rare. So no June gloom today, but it's just another beautiful day. So that's why I wanted to say put the backdrop of Hollywood in the, in the background because it's so clear, and I can probably see the Hollywood sign from where I live. So there you go. So that's, that's what that's all about. Um, let's see. Let's just jump. You know what? Let's just jump into it because we have lots to talk about. Let's just jump into it. Industry stuff, okay, and this used to be industry news, but now it's just stuff, right? In 2020 alone, the travel and tourism industry lost $4.5 trillion in GDP, that's gross domestic product, and about 62 million jobs. Can you believe that? I, I, I saw that, and when I saw that statistic, I said, you know, I got to share that, because that's kind of astounding that, I mean, yeah, we know that a lot, a lot was lost, but to actually see it, in written form, I'm like, wow, that's 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 huge. So I was reading, I got this information from, you know, I don't just pull this out. I mean, I get this information from somewhere, right? And I can't remember the publication right now. But I do remember that Tony uh, Capuano, who is the CEO of Marriott International, he made some comments, right? So, of course, you know, to me, Marriott is like the whatever Marriott says, you know, everyone else falls into place. Right. So that's the end. I'll be all as far as I'm concerned. Right. I started my career with Marriott and I always reference anything, anything they say, you know, it's got to be at the forefront. So, um, so there's a quote and then this kind of a, uh, a little bit about what he said in this particular article it says the way we live and work has changed because of the pandemic and the way we travel has changed as well. So this was obviously a question about is travel coming back and things like that. So, of course, travel's coming back, right? Um, so that's what he said. That was a quote. The way we live and work has changed because of the pandemic, and the way we travel has changed as well. So, um, And then he goes on to say, despite the challenges created by the COVID-19 pandemic, the future looks bright for travel and tourism. Across the globe, people are already getting back on the road Demand for travel is incredibly resilient, and as vaccination rates have risen and restrictions ease, travel has rebounded quickly, often led by leisure. Now, let me dissect this, okay? We're going to continue on in this this paragraph on this sentence or the statement that he made. But I've been, if you guys watch me or follow me on my show and, and hear what I say, and even in the postings, I've been saying that 
and it's not, it's no, you know, I don't have to be a genius to figure this out, but a lot of people di- didn't realize this. They're looking for other things to come back, other market segments to come back, i.e. that um, business traveler market. I said, yeah, eventually that will come back. But what comes back first? Leisure, because they're not restricted by companies and organizations, right? People travel on their own free will, okay? At a whim, people can travel. So, of course, leisure would come back first, okay? And I've been saying that. Leisure uh, transient, leisure groups, you know, all that stuff will come back well before the, you know, the um, the um, business traveler and all that stuff. So I just want to make sure I point out that, you know, I've been saying this <laughs> I've been saying this for a while, right? So now people are, are getting it right. So even the CEO of Marriott. Okay. So I, I, I said it. Yeah, I, I did say that. So, okay. This, and this is the next uh, um, paragraph. The way many of us live and work has changed because of the pandemic. And we, and the way we travel has changed as well. New categories of travel have emerged. The rise of leisure travel is one example Bleasure travel. Have I not been talking about bleasure travel? Now, let me back up again. Bleasure travel was a statement. I mean, it was a statement was a term that was used probably two or three years before the pandemic. So this is now it may be highlighted now because of the pandemic. But don't think this is one of these words, one of these markets that came out because of the pandemic. No, this came out before that. I'm going to say two to three years before that. I was using the term leisure travel. Okay. In fact, I put out a, um, uh, it was a, a quote. I do these quotes every now and then. And leisure travel was one of these things that I put it, put out not too long ago. So, um, I'm just, I don't know why I just have to, I just have to make sure you guys know that some of this stuff came. <laughs> some of this stuff came from, you know, I was, I've been talking about this stuff as well. So, um, so the rise of leisure travel is one example. Now, leisure is a, a mixture of business and leisure. Okay, and I'll give you a de- my definition on that in in a couple of minutes as soon as I finish this. Um, the rise of leisure travel is one example, combining elements of business and leisure travel into a single trip. Newly flexible work arrangements, including the opportunity for many knowledge, uh, for, yeah, for many knowledge workers to work remotely have created opportunities for extended travel, not limited by Monday to Friday, nine to five work week in the office. So meaning, you know, everyone's not working that typical nine to five anymore because people are not, not everyone is in the office. People still have uh, the option to either work from home or to, you know, work in the office, you know, and that it's not across the board where everyone has to come back to work. It's not across the board where everybody can stay at home. So it's kind of a mixture of that. So with that being said, you know, that's where this leisure market now is, is, is taking the forefront because people may go out of town for, I would say this, the people that are in the office, they're going out of town for business, right? But they're extending their trips because of, you know, maybe they want, they want to stay the weekend or whatever. So once they do that, now they become, the leisure, they be, they become a leisure traveler, not just a leisure or business traveler. It's leisure, so it's a mixture of the two. Now, my definition of that was the practice of extending business travel for leisure purposes, or otherwise combining work and leisure during during a business trip. That's my definition of what leisure travel is. But but there you go. So that's that's what 
Mr. Um, Mr. Capuano said with, he's the CEO of Marriott International. So I thought I would share that with you because it was interesting stuff and it's industry, it's industry stuff. And I want to say good uh, hello, good afternoon to Mr. Craig Giangrosso. Thank you so much for joining here. Uh, I see hey, so I'm like hey back to you. So like I said, um, we're very interactive and people want to say hey. Craig's out there in Texas. He's out there in um uh, 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 Seabrook, Texas. So I always want to give him a quick, quick shout out when he comes on. Um, so let's continue on. But yeah, that was. I just want to make sure you guys knew what that was. So of course I'm gonna always going to mention that stuff. So as far as you guys know that I have sponsorship Agua Resort Nicaragua. Just I just want to you know just kind of show that resort. Uh, I have to make it there. Um, my goal is to make it there by the end of the year. I actually have a group that has, uh, wants to commit to go there. Uh, not that they're waiting for me to go and give them the red flag. I mean, give them the, the flag, or wave the flag and say, hey, it's time to come there or whatever. But I do want to go check it out by the end of the year just so I can. Because the group is not until next November of 23. But, of course, I want to check it out before, you know, before they even um, – Sign on the dotted line, if you will. So anyway, so that's one of our sponsors. Just want to let you know uh, any questions about that. You can always hit me up. Russell at Russell is my email address and we can talk more about it. But quick thank you to Paula C. Uh, she's with Ask Sweet. She was my guest last week. Ask Sweet Hotel Chatbot. And we talked about what a hotel chatbot was. So if you didn't listen or didn't see my show last week or listen to it, um, make sure you go back and take a listen because especially if you're a hotel person and you're in charge of like reservations or maybe that, you know, that's part of your responsibility. But we talked, excuse me, we talked about, I asked her questions about, you know, booking direct. Um, what is a hotel chat bot? How can it benefit your hotel? Why should hotels utilize ass suite? What um, and I ask, of course, I've always asked people what their background is. You know, she tells me how she got into Ask Suite, uh, how she got to doing a content creation for Ask Suite, um, how has social media changed, you know, the business, her business model or Ask Suite's business model? Because I found her on on um, on LinkedIn. Right. So that's, you know, social media. Right. So, you know, you, she's making a lot more co- connections that she was probably able to before because of social media and specifically LinkedIn. So those are things that are important. Use correctly. Those tools are powerful. Those platforms are great. LinkedIn, YouTube, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever these platforms are that you choose to use, they are very powerful if they're used correctly. So like I said, most of my contacts these days come because of, you know, my involvement on LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever. So it works if you use it right. Use it for good. Use it for business. It does work. Now, the other stuff you guys use it for, you know, okay, do whatever you do. But, you know, when I'm speaking specifically business, business is I think it's it's fire when you when you use it correctly. Um, And how how can hotels increase their direct bookings using a hotel chat bot? She answered all those questions. And what is a buyer persona? You know, people, a lot of people don't even know. A lot of people that are in marketing don't even know what a buyer persona is, right? So she went in and explained that as well. A group of, basically a group of people um, with similar interests or whatever. Kind of like a, 
you know, demographic 2.0, if you will, right? So, you know, we always look at, you know, what are the demographics or what demographics are you trying to get? Well, it's, you know, heighten that by like 100, okay? And that's what a, you're getting a persona of an actual, not a person, but a group of people with, that share the same kind of thing, same interests, maybe same buying patterns, all that kind of thing that you can find. You can actually find this stuff out. So you can drill down as much as you want, and you'll find these personas, right? So she kind of went into detail of how they use personas and things like that. So very interesting. Check it out, especially, if, like I said, if you're a hotel person and you're kind of responsible for or maybe some of the things you're responsible for are increasing reservations or increasing uh, revenue because of reservations. Okay, so check that out. So uh, I also want to give a quick shout out. And these two people, these two gentlemen that I'm about to mention, they also ask, uh, ask, actually work for Ask Suite. That's a, you know, that's a tough word to say, ask. Excuse me one second. I had to take a drink of water. But uh, Miss Policy is what asks sweet. Um, she's a content creator, Murillo Reese. He's a digital specialist with Ask Suite as well. And then David Bernie, he's a, he's a VP of sales and partnerships for Ask Suite. Now, the reason why I mentioned those two gentlemen, um, at the end of the show with Paula last week, I said, I would love to see how this thing works. You know, it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to actually um, get a demonstration, if you will. So they actually set up Mr. Murillo. Um, he set up the demonstration and then Mr. David Byrne. And I've, and I, th- I hopefully I'm saying this right. It's Byrne or Bernie. I'm saying Bernie, Bernie. Okay. Um, I, and I spoke to him yesterday, but I don't remember, you know, him saying what his last name was, but I know I knew what his spelling was because I kind of followed him on LinkedIn anyway. So but anyway, he's VP of sales and, and partnerships with Ask Suite. So he he actually did the demonstration for me yesterday and kind of showed me how it worked. Uh, now I kind of understand exactly what they do. I mean, I, th- I think I kind of understood it anyway, but just to see it, like I said, the demo and and how you can ask questions of the chat bot and how the chat bot knows based on your questions that you're asking and knows how to answer those questions. So basically a chat bot is a, you know, we um, artificial intelligence. You guys are familiar with that IA where uh, it's not a live person, but this, this bot, it can carry on a conversation or at least answered Frequently asked questions. You ever see that it says FAQ? That stands for frequently asked questions. And it can eliminate the, your hotel staff from having to ask these questions. So if I'm on your website and I want to make a reservation, it gives you options that you want to make reservations, you want to ask questions for the front desk or menus or whatever. It'll it have all these things listed, all these services kind of listed. Let's just say reservations. So you want to make a reservation and it'll answer, ask your questions answer your questions based on that. And these are frequently asked questions, of course. So um, it will ask, answer those questions for you. So it's kind of interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of lit. You know, I may say that if I may say so myself, so it's definitely something to take a look at. If you're a hotel and you do not have um, that capability on your reservation system, because you may, and in fact, they give you numbers that they will increase your reservations. 
your reservation numbers. You won't have, you know, how people call in and then they hang up. And a lot of, you know, reservations, you, you get charged anyway if, if they don't make a reservation. Well, the conversion rate is a lot greater with Ask Suite, okay? And they give you the numbers. They show you the numbers. So it makes no sense not to at least hear them out. So if you're interested in that, and, and I asked him, I said, um, your clients, are they primarily like, um, you know, uh, five, five diamond hotels or luxury hotels? And he said, we get... You know, various, you know, among the gamut, it runs the gamut. But he said the majority of the hotels are um, your higher end luxury hotels that actually would use this. But I didn't ask what the price was because I'm not a hotel. But I would think I would think it's probably worth it, even no matter what type of hotel you are. Uh, maybe not, you know, an economy because depending on the cost, it just may not be worth it. But if you're middle of the road to a you know, luxury brand hotel, uh, like I said, I, I think it would behoove, behoove you to at least listen to the conversation or have the conversation with them. So not that I'm trying to sell ass sweet, but I, you know, she was on my show last week. So of course I got to give her a shout out and shout out the company too, and shout out the people that gave me the demonstration. So thank you so much policy for being on the show. Uh, Maria uh, Reese for um, introducing me to Mr. David Bernie and then for Mr. David Bernie to be on the show and I may not be on the show, but to give me the demonstration yesterday. So thank you so much. I do appreciate that. Moving forward. There's three things that I always mention. Be intentional, make decisions and take action on what's important to you or what's important to me. I mean, these are things that I came up with, but you can personalize them if you want. You can, instead of saying for me, you can say you can be for you. Right. So number one, like I said, be intentional. Number two, be you. You know how they say be authentic. Don't be fake. You know, that's hopefully I'm not trying to be fake on here. Right. So um, be you. Be yourself. I'm not trying to be anyone else. Uh, there's other people that have um, podcasts and hospitality talk shows, but I'm not trying to be them. And I'm sure they're not trying to be me. OK, so just stick to who you are, because that's a hard enough job. Just being you. OK. <laughs> And number three, be represented because my representation, it matters. Okay. It's, it matters to me that people see people that look like me that can do these shows that, that do the shows. And because people always wonder like, you know, how can I do this? Oh, I can never do that. No, you can do, if I can do it, you can do it. Okay. I don't care who you are, what you look like. You can do the show. You can do a show like this. Uh, if you're on the fence about doing it, you know, doing a show like this or, you know, you just want to do lives on whatever Instagram or YouTube, but you know what? Just start doing them. Just, you know, bite the bullet and go. You know, if you have questions at all regarding that, I always, you know, throw my email out there. People can always, you know, uh, give me a call or email me at Russell, Russell at RussellofHotels.com. My website is RussellofHotels.com. And I have my phone number on there. I have email on there as well. So, if you didn't hear that, russellofhotels.com is my email, I mean, is my uh, website address, and you can always find all my contact information on there. So there's no secrets here. If you have questions about anything, I'm here to address those questions. I'm here to assist because that's what I do. So, um, but those are the three things. Three things. Be intentional, be you, be represented. And... Moving right and segue into Miss Davon Reeves, uh, you know, how to buy a hotel. Now, how many people have you heard or are just basically out there, young people, okay, 
young women, 35 years old, buying hotels left and right. She has, this young lady has three hotels, right? Three hotels in two states that she has purchased and looking to buy more. Not only is she looking to buy more, she's encouraging people to buy hotels. And people always said, I'm sure people, she got this question all the time. Well, how do I buy a hotel? Well, she took it a little step further. She wrote a book on how to buy a hotel. Okay, so it's it's available wherever you buy your favorite books. Um, so <laughs> just Google Davon Reeves or Google how to buy a hotel by Davon Reeves, a hotel, a, re, a roadmap to hotel ownership, a roadmap to hotel ownership. And she gives these tips. She gave these tips a couple of weeks ago, and I just wanted to share these tips. What are, um, if and I'm sure she's been asked this question many times, can you give me some tips on buying a hotel? You know, okay, I'll give you three. Location, location, location. Okay, don't just buy a hotel anywhere. Make sure the location is 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 a good location. What's a good location? Well, one, are there traffic generators around it? What is a traffic generator? Well, that's like amusement parks, maybe a ball field, a ball park, maybe a business center. Uh, maybe it's near the airport. I mean, you know, what's around there? Is it easy to get there? Is it is it easy access on and off a highway? Um, those are, you know, like I said, is it near a mall? Any shopping, you know, anything like that. Concert venues, is, is it next to those? So that's when you mentioned location, location, location. Are there traffic generators around there? Are there any reasons why people are coming to that particular area? Okay, so that's one. That's a start. Uh, number two, the brand. Now, now there's you know there's independent hotels that will pop up everywhere as well, but their journey is a lot greater because now they have to make sure people in that area know that brand, right? Uh, is it's not a household brand? If I if I threw out you know the Russell Hotel, well, unless you follow me on this show, you don't know what the Russell of hotels is or what it stands for or anything like that. So if it was a Russell Hotel and then there was a Marriott brand next to it, well, which one would you go to? Unless the the Marriott was sold out, then you would have no choice but to go to me. But because of name recognition, you know that brand, a Hilton brand, a Marriott brand, a Hyatt brand, um, a Holiday Inn brand. You know those brands over the Russell brand, right? I mean, it's just it. I mean, it's just it's common sense, right? So so the brand does... um it does hold a lot of weight, and especially when it comes to reservation, the reservation system, you know, Marriott system and the Holodex or Holiday Inn system is probably one of the greatest in the world. So, you know, you want to make sure you have a strong reservation system as well. And then number three, hiring the right operator. Do you want to operate operate the hotel yourself? I mean, you can. It's your hotel. You can. But a lot of hotel people, a lot of owners don't operate the hotels themselves. They hire a management company, a third-party management company. And their job is to do all the hiring and, and you know, the ordering and, and operating the hotel, you know, to your specifics, right? And you meet with them monthly. You go over your P&L statements and all that kind of stuff and make sure, you know, the it's profitable. So, first of all, you want to make sure, do your research and make sure the the operator that you're hiring or the management company they have a, a track record of, of operating successful hotels and they have to tell you that they have to show you. And if you don't ask that question, well, shame on you. So, you know, they have to open up their books, say, Hey, 
we manage these three hotels and these three hotels are profitable. And let me show you each one of their profit and loss statements and whatever, whatever. So those are three things. Those are three buying tips or three tips to buying a hotel from Miss Davon Reeves. I just, you know, she gets the information. I just get it and I just share it with you guys. Okay. So if you're interested in buying a hotel or knowing how to buy a hotel, I just think this stuff is interesting, right? I may not be interested in doing that, but there's people to come in and out of your life or come in and out of my life all the time. And they know because I'm affiliated with hotels or have been affiliated with hotels that they'll ask me questions that, I, you know, sometimes they ask me questions I'm not even ready for. Like, hey, how do you buy a hotel? Well, I was taught how to manage a hotel, how to run a hotel. Now, as far as owning a hotel, that's a little different. It is. It's a little different. I mean, I know P&Ls. I know what it takes to run and operate a hotel. But, you know, as far as owning one, I did not know how to, to own a hotel. I worked with owners or worked for owners, worked for management companies. Not one of them said, Hey, you ever thought about owning a hotel? Well, these are steps to do it. No, no one's ever done that. Um, But this is the first time I've seen anybody come up with a book on how to buy a hotel. Okay. And, and not just that, but offer um, webinars to support this book. So it's just like, it's not like she's just throwing this book out there for the world to see. And I'm not going to offer you any support or anything like that. No, she's taking a step further she does webinars on a constant basis. So she's not hiding, you know, because some people will think, well, you know, she, anybody can come out with a book. Yeah, anybody can come out with a book. But there's another thing for someone to support that book, to offer webinars and, and education behind the words of the book. So, so I salute you, Miss Davon Reeves. So thank you so much. And she didn't ask me, she, you know what? She didn't ask me to say any of this stuff. I'm just because I think it's important that people know how to do it. If you're interested in doing it, that's how you do it. So there you go. Who's your best advocate? So I asked someone, I think I asked Paula C. I said, who's your best advocate? And she, I think it's me. <laughs> I said, you're right. And you passed the test. So Yeah. Your biggest advocate is you, right? It all starts with you. You can't get people to get, you know, um, motivated about your brand or excited or in a frenzy about your brand if you're not motivated, right? If you're not excited about your brand. So if I'm not excited about Russell of Hotels brand, then who will be? Who will be? I mean, that's the whole thing, how people get started in, you know, in, in starting their brand, right? They have to show that excitement. They have to show that enthusiasm because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. Okay. So there you go. So you are your best advocate. That sounds so corny and cheesy, huh? Right. But it's not, it's the truth. That's it. So like I said, you rah, rah yourself, your brand and people will follow you as long as you stay consistent to you being your best brand advocate. Okay, so you are it. So don't ever let anybody tell you that you're not because you are. How do you increase your social media engagement? I ask this not every week because um, when I have guests, I can't get to all these things. But today, how do you increase your social media engagement? Because people need to know that. Right. Well, consistency is one thing. Right. It starts with that. It starts with not posting one thing and thinking, oh, that's it. All I got to do is post one thing and everything's going to fall into place and, 
you know, the stars are going to come out and the sun is going to start shining. No, that's not how it works, right? You post consistently. You have to post consistent, good content, okay, that people learn from or or it's touching someone or, you know, it, it resonates with someone. You just can't throw out some content and think the world is going to see it and, and embrace it and like it and love it and and engage with it. That's not that's not how it works. Right. So, uh, in fact, policy, uh, she had mentioned several weeks ago. In fact, she did a live about this, a live on Instagram. She basically posted something and she said she got like two likes. OK. And I said, well, then she's asking the question, well, should she delete it and start over? And, and she didn't ask me, I think uh, later on I had a conversation with her and I said, um, no, I definitely would not um, delete it. It's just basically you just learn from it and, and continue to move on. Obviously, you didn't do something right. Um, you know, maybe it was the message wasn't clear. Um, I think she did a reel. Maybe the music wasn't right for that particular video because um, a reel, Instagram reel, pairs the video with music, right? And more than likely, people, if it's trending music, people will listen to it. They click on it because they see the music or they see that, okay, this is that song. Click. I love that song. Let me hear that. And they'll, of course, they'll look, look at the video too because it's attached to it, right? So, um, so there can be a myriad of things that was wrong with that particular uh, posting. But I said, just continue. Just continue to do it and, um, and it'll get better because I can, I can do postings and get thousands of people to look and to comment and, and to engage within the next one, I can get, you know, 50. I'm like, well, why did I get 50 when I got 2000? Just, you know, the post wasn't even yesterday. It was less than 24 hours ago. And I posted something and I got like 50, you know, the next day. I mean, it happened. So what, what does that do? Does that discourage me? No, I just continue to keep posting. And I want to make sure that it's, um, it's hitting the right people. And the next thing is, Value. Make sure it's adding some type of value to someone, right? Consistency is the key, is, is the first thing. Number two is value. What value is it adding for your audience? Do you even have the right audience? Let's talk, talk about that. I mean, are you reaching the right people for your particular, you know, your Instagram platform, whatever you're trying to do? I mean, I, I, I'm all about hotels, travel, and non-meat eats. But I start, if I start putting stuff about construction and medical, you know, then you'd be like, "What? Wait a minute! What is Russell? What is he doing now? He's a doctor. You <laughs> talking about construction? Who's getting dirty? He got a hard hat on now. That's conf- now that's brand confusion, right? So you know, I didn't went from hotels, hospitality, you know, you know, non-meat eats to now I'm doing something totally different, right? So you have to be consistent in what you're doing. You you have to add value. You can't just go off and, and, and start doing anything, right? So you have to check yourself, right? Exactly who you're trying to reach, what's your brand about, what's the message you're trying to put out, okay? But consistency, value, and then authentic. That authentic, be real thing, it comes up again. Authentic is just being, being real, being yourself. Don't be fake, okay? And I just mentioned that a while ago, so... Make sure you're your authentic self. You have to make sure that you're real because people will see through the the BS. Okay, so I'll just leave it at that. 
So once you know those three things, what do you use? What tools are there to use in order to, you know, to, to be consistent, to, to add value? And what was that other thing? I can't remember what the other thing was, right? To be consistent and to be authentic. What are those things? Well, you can use this two things that you can use. And I mentioned one of them. IG reels was one of them where uh, policy, like I said, she, she uses and, um, she wasn't getting the responses she wanted or needed, but continue to do it. Don't delete your, your postings. Just do another posting later, you know, use IG reels. And like I said, IG reels, uh, it pairs video with, um, music content. Okay. And you can choose the music that you want. It'll let you choose. And I mean, it's only going to be, I don't know, 15 seconds or, or whatever the, the length of your video is. Um, and try to keep your videos like under 30 seconds if you can, right? Because people's time, you know, their time frame or their, their, you know, they, they, their attention span is, is, is like that. Okay. So it's like a gnat, you know, most attention spans are like gnats, you know, how gnats go from place to place, right? That's how people's minds work. So if you can keep it under 30 seconds, maybe sometimes even less than that, because what they say is it needs to grab someone's attention Whatever you're posting needs to grab someone's attention in three seconds. If you can grab them in three seconds, they're going to hold on and they're going to continue to listen or watch. But if you can't, if you can't grab the attention, that's it. You're like, what happened? It doesn't matter if it's, you know, 15 seconds or a minute. They're not going to listen to it. They're not going to watch it. So make sure you do that and use IG reels. You can use IG reels. You can use, um, what's the TikTok if that's what you want to do. Um, Insta, not Instagram. Um, what is it called? YouTube Shorts. Those are kind of the same thing, uh, where you can pair um, music and things like that. Oh no, I'm talking. About, I'm talking about the lives. Okay, you can do lives on YouTube. You can do TikTok lives. And you do Instagram lives. You can do Facebook lives as well. But IG Reels, the similarity IG Reels is YouTube Shorts and TikTok. And then there's um, you can do um. Um, what do you call it? Facebook lives as well. So those are the, I guess the, the things that you can compare with or the competition for an IG reel. So, um, so check those out. And cause what I do is I do the show, but it's every, I do this show. It's called on air Russell Fotel, just in case you didn't know what you're listening to right now. I do this every Tuesday, but I also do postings throughout the week, right? So I'm posting something at least, maybe twice a day. And that includes Saturday and Sunday. Okay. So I'm posting all the time. Then I'm throwing in some, some lives in there. Okay. And then the show again. So there's three different things that I do that support each thing, you know, the, the, the show, then the lives, then the, 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 the reels, they all support each other. Right. So it's like this vicious circle of doing all these things. So people now they know, who Russell Fotels is because if I only relied on doing this show, people would know me, but the doing the lives and the reels and all that other stuff supports what I do on the show. Because I always mention that you can, you know, join me on Tuesdays at one o'clock for on air with Russell of hotels. Right. So if they don't get enough from the, the reels and the lives, maybe they'll tune into the show. Right. So you want to make sure that goes back to that, being your best brand advocate, you have to make sure that you're reinforcing what you do. All the things that you do 
you want to make sure you reinforce it with each one of those different types of, uh, you know, um, reels, lives, and a show, and postings, and just general postings, okay? So you have to support all those things. Who's hiring? Now I have, there's like, let me hold on one second. There's like a, I saw like a lot of jobs today. Uh, 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 who's hiring? Not a lot, but about, uh, I got about close to 10, right? Um, the Shea Hotel, Culver City. They're looking for an events manager. And these are in the Los Angeles area for the most part. I think they all are in the greater L.A. area because I happen to be in L.A. That's why I do that. But every now and then, if I look at some of the L.A. postings, they'll throw in some things from other states because they're trying to get L.A. people to go out of the state. But I guess all the best talent is here in L.A. <laughs> I'm just saying that that just came to me. But um, so these are in the various parts of L.A., L.A. County. They can be in the South Bay. They can be in Orange County. They can be in Hollywood. They can be anywhere but greater L.A. area. So Shade Hotel, Manhattan Beach, they're looking for an events sales manager. Shade Hotel, that's one of those lifestyle hotels. Disney Parks, that's in Anaheim. They're looking for a director of rooms. Uh, Disney Parks is the makeup of all. I think there's three different major hotels that are Disney-owned hotels. So I'm not sure which hotel you're working, but Disney Parks is the entity uh, that makes up all those hotels. But it's in Anaheim, and they're looking for a director of rooms. Ambridge Hospitality used to be the old Interstate Hotels. Interstate bought Ambridge. So I'm sorry, Ambridge bought Interstate. Excuse me. So they're looking for a DOS in Palmdale. Palmdale is about... Mm, close to an hour outside of close to an hour outside of um, Los Angeles. Um, let's see who else hotel June. They're looking for hotel June's in West LA. They're looking for an area director of events. Looking for area director of events. Now hotel June is a lifestyle hotel as well. Um, it's actually near the airport. It's on the south south side of LAX. I like that hotel. Actually, it's a, it's a very nice hotel. So if you ever get a chance, go to the Hotel June right outside LAX. It's right there on Lincoln Boulevard and Manchester, right on the corner. Can't miss it. Um, and that Hotel June, they're looking for the area director sales and events. And it says the ideal candidate will have minimum 10 years hospitality-related sales an events experience and previous director of sales experience in a lifestyle market. What is lifestyle? You know what? I thought it was just basically a boutique hotel. Well, I had to write down the, um, I had to look up a definition for lifestyle hotels because I wasn't sure what that was. So um, it says a lifestyle or boutique hotel combines living elements and activities and function design. It's less focused on guest rooms and more on public space. That public space includes areas such as the lobby, hotel bar, rooftop, food and beverage outlets, lounges, and pools, to name a few. So that's interesting. So it's a boutique hotel, but they focus, you know, the rooms is the last thing. Well, that's the maybe the last thing they focus on, but believe me, rooms are what's making the money for that hotel, right? 
So they don't want you to spend a lot of time in the rooms. They want you to basically, um, they want you to, I guess, utilize the other areas of their hotel. So the public space, and that's where you got these um, rooftop, rooftop pools. You know, that's the cool thing. You know, everyone has a rooftop where you can see the city lights and things like that. So it creates this ambiance for people to come. You know, they want people to come and check it out. It's not all about the rooms, although, like I said, rooms are what makes the money for the hotel. But they want all these other uh, lobby, hotel bar. You know, those are other ways to make money, too, but not the same amount of money that you're going to make in rooms, okay? But I guess that gives people the reason to come to that hotel for events and things like that. You know, have an event on the rooftop. Okay. Yeah, if you want a room, we got that too. But we want to get you there for the lifestyle part of it. You know what I mean? So whatever that, whatever the heck that means. So uh <laughs> whatever that means. Nine meat eats. Now, you know what? I did not, I'm trying to think. I didn't go to, I went to Nine Meat Eats place last night, but I've been there before. It's called uh, Harold and Bell's. They have, it's a regular restaurant. It's a uh, Creole restaurant, Creole slash soul food restaurant. But they actually have some of their um, menu items. You can have them vegan, veganized. Okay, so what I got was, Red beans and rice, which normally has meat in it. Well, but if you get it veganized, it doesn't have the meat in it, but it does have the red beans and the rice. It's still seasoned the same. And then I got the jambalaya. So the jambalaya had like, instead of, you know, maybe sausage and, and seafood, it had, um, uh, vegetables like, um, summer squash, um, regular zucchini squash, you know, that kind of stuff, onions or whatever. So it was, it was very good. It was very good. Um, so, but, you know, of course, everyone else had whatever they eat, meat, fish, seafood, clams, all that kind of stuff. So oysters, I mean, yeah, but it, it was good. Very good. It was, once again, it's called um, Harold and Bales. It's on Jefferson Boulevard. It's east of Crenshaw Boulevard in L.A. So, um, but it's a Creole slash soul food place. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Let's see what else. What else is going on? Um, what do I do? People always want to know what the heck. Okay, you're this Russell of hotels guy. What does that really mean? Um, what that means is I'm a, one of the things I do. I'm a brand show off. What is a brand show off? Um, I'm a content creator, just like you know some other people are, but I call it a brand show off. So my job is to is to make your brand and make sure your brand is out there and people. Notice your brand. Okay. So that's what I try to do. Make sure that I'm posting things for you, for your brand. I mean, if that's what you want me to do, but I post things for my brand as well. So I show off my brand and I show off other people's brands. So uh, primarily. And that's where you got these um, rooftop, rooftop pools. You know, that's the cool thing. You know, everyone has a roof. So um, sorry about that. I got some feedback from somewhere. I'm not sure where that came from, but um let me get back to where I was. One second, please. Having some technical difficulties. Not sure why that's happening, but um, let's see. Hotel site selection. Uh, yes, having some technical difficulty. I just saw that i wasn't sure what was going on but 
Yeah, so please bear with me on the this is on the video side, um, on the YouTube side, not on the, the podcast side. The podcast, we're just keeping it rolling, okay? So we're going to continue to go. But uh, hotel site selection is another thing I do. So companies or organizations or even individuals will ask me, uh, hey, how do I um, – um, I need help with finding the right uh, hotel site for my meeting, my convention, my conference. So my job, 10 rooms or more, that's considered a group, right, considered a group. So my job is to find – uh, a hotel suitable for those particular companies or organizations and within their budget. So they give me a budget. They say, okay, these are the dates. Um, we want breakfast, lunch, and dinner on all these days. We want, you know, conference style, you know, seating, whatever it is, whatever those specifications are, I take those specs and then, uh, and I make it happen or meaning I find the hotel for them. doesn't matter where the destination is. Uh, you just tell me what the destination is and I find those hotels and I present them to my client and it's up to them. You know, they, they basically tell me where they want to go, but um, those are things that I do as well. And then the show producer, not, not only am I a host of on air with Russell of hotels, but I produce the show as well. So, uh, and as you can see on the left of my screen, it says top 30 podcasts for hospitality 2021. uh, And then top 25 social media influencers in hospitality 2021. So thank you so much for the, I mean, thank you so much for the like, the accolade, accolades or the um, the distinction or the recognition from International Hospitality Institute. I do appreciate that. So I always want to make sure I mention that as well. Contact information. How do you get a hold of me? And I mentioned this uh, all throughout the show. How do you get a hold of me? Uh, Russell at RussellofHotels.com is my e- email address. Yeah, that's right. And you can also LinkedIn, Instagram, IG, YouTube, and Twitter at Russell of Hotels. Actually, on LinkedIn, it's Russell Edmond. Okay, E-D-M-O-N-D is my last name. Uh, You can find me on there. But everything else at Russell of Hotels. And then I have a, um, what do you call it, a website is RussellofHotels.com. And then there's one thing to ask yourself. I ask this every week. What are you doing to keep your brand relevant? What are you doing? What have you done to keep your brand relevant? Or are you trying to do things to keep your brand relevant? So, I mean, that's the question for you. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there and asking, what do you do to keep your brand relevant? Let me know. Send me a note. Put it in the chat. What do you do? What are you doing to keep your brand relevant? Do you post things? Do you, um, you go to a lot of uh, networking events and you talk about your brand? Are you... Um, Doing live. Do you do a podcast? Do you do a hospitality talk show or a talk show in general? Because everybody may not be all about this hospitality life. So what do you do to keep your brand relevant? Because that's important that people see your brand and, you know, in a different light, right? Not just you, you know, spouting about it, but what are you doing so people can see it? And if they can't see you, what are they seeing about your brand? Excuse me. Um... What is your LinkedIn SSI score? Okay, now this is something that um, I don't mention this every week, but it's a score that that LinkedIn will give you. If you're a LinkedIn subscriber, if you have a you know LinkedIn profile, you can um, basically Google LinkedIn SS, SSI score, and it'll give you a link. You just push it; doesn't cost you anything. Click on it, and it give you a score. 
And I want to show you my score. The last time I did this, which is a couple of weeks ago, I got 70 out of 100. Okay, so and you're based on or you're scored on these particular categories. Um, establishing your professional brand, find the right people, engage with insights and build relationships. So this is all that you're doing on LinkedIn, which is, of course, a social media app, right, or a social media platform. So 70 out of 100, I mean, to me, that's a C. I mean, I should have at least a 75. Let's, you know, is that a C plus? I don't know. But um, that's average, right? 70 is average. Uh, but I don't know anyone. I know some people that I think they have like a, I think the highest I've ever heard maybe was 75 that I know someone that, that had. And I'm like, well, how the heck do you get to 75? Um, so maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm putting my goal too high. I don't know. But um, but then you look at the bottom where it says sales professionals in hospitality industry have an average SSI score of 22. Okay, so the average sales professional in my field, hospitality industry, has 22 out of 100, and I have 70. So if you put it in perspective like that, well, then, okay, well, I'm kicking somebody's butt, right? I'm I'm eating somebody's lunch, okay? So I guess I got to look at it like that. And then within my network, now my network, I have 26,000 people in my network, okay? So out of the network, 44 people in your network have an average SSI score of 44, which puts me in the top 3%, right? So, okay, I got 70 and the average within the network is 44. So once again, I'm eating somebody's lunch. So that's okay. All right. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a, a grade to it, right? Cause like I'm in school, like a 70 is, is a C and C is not good. Okay. C is average. So, but if I look at it like that, then I'm like, okay, well maybe, um, you know, I'm, I'm above average then. Okay. All right. I'll, I guess I'll take that. So I don't know. Three P's, <laughs> three P's that's purpose, passion, and perseverance. And I want to apologize for people that the, for some reason, and and the people on the podcast don't know this because I'm just keeping, I'm just continuing to talk, right? And um, so they don't know that I lost connection on the video unless they happen to be doing it at the same time. But my brother, he chimed in and said, hey, sorry, but you lost connection. Uh, I think I lost connection maybe two or three times. So I do apologize for that. But I just, if it reconnects, then I'm just continuing to, to keep talking. And But I do apologize for that. But we're winding down to the end of the show, but um, we're now on, where am I? I'm at the three P's, the three P's, purpose, passion, and perseverance. Purpose, know what you're doing and why you do it, okay? So I do this show because it's for hospitality for professionals, people like me, how they came up, um, you know, where they started, you know, what they're doing now. So, you know, the purpose of the show was for that, right? It was not just for me to put my brand out, but it's for the purpose for people to come on and talk about, you know, their experience in the hospitality space, because there's no two people that came up in this industry alone or the same way they came up alone. They may have come up alone, but there's no two people that came uh, in the same way. Okay. Some people started, some people went to school for this. Some people, you know, there's, it was a summer job. They were, you know, serving cocktails at the pool 
And it and, and eventually it came into something else, right? It, it blossomed into something, this great career, right? So, you know, people came from different ways, uh, but know your purpose, right? So that's the reason why I do the show. Uh, passion. Either you have a passion for it or you don't. If you don't have a passion for it, whatever it is, you know what? Don't do it. Find something else to do, all right? Don't waste your time. And perseverance. Uh, be consistent. Continue to evolve. Don't give up and swerve when you need to. Now, a lot of people will say, what is swerving? Don't you mean pivot? No, I don't mean pivot. Okay, on air with Russell of Hotels, we swerve, we don't pivot. Okay, there's there's a difference, right? What's the definition? People are like, well, what's the difference between sur- swerving and pivoting? Well, pivot, you're already in the mess, okay? And you're like trying to move from, okay, well, I'm here. I'm in this mess. I can't get out, so I'm going to go over here and do something else. I'm going to turn around and do something else. Well, swerving is that you see the mess in the horizon and you move or you swerve around it. You don't go through it. You swerve around it and then you find something else to do. Okay. So those are the difference. And that's, that's Russell of hotels coming up with his, you know, his way of thinking different, different way of thinking. But doesn't that make sense though? Swerve versus uh, pivoting. Doesn't that make sense? I don't know. But anyway, so, um, so I think that's about it. Wait a minute. There's one more other thing. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, next week. I have a guess. So check this out. So next Tuesday at 1 p.m., who's next? We got Miss Nicole Hankton. Miss Miss Nicole Hankton is director of sales and marketing with Visit Walnut Creek. Uh, she's going to be live here on YouTube. So you guys check it out next week. So Miss Nicole Hankton, she had been on the show maybe about a year. I looked back. It was back in August of last year. Um, so a lot of things are coming up. Um, you know, we're back to doing meetings and all this kind of stuff. So we're going to see how busy she is, you know, what she thinks about meetings coming up. We'll talk about that. Um, was that bleacher market? Let's see if that affects her, you know, her CVB in Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek is in, in Northern California, outside of Oakland and San Francisco. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to, uh, chat with her. I saw her maybe, I think it was back in March. We were at, um, IPEC conference in Vegas. So I had an appointment with her and we'll talk about that too. Talk about what's an appointment. How long does it last? What do you try to get out of people? You know, in this short time, it's like 10 to 15 minutes, right? So, so someone you never met before, you get like 10 to 15 minutes to get information out of them. You know, who are they? And they want to know who you are. Uh, How can you help them? If you're a hotel person or a CVB, like Nicole is, she's a, uh, she's a um, convention and visitors bureau. She represents the city of Walnut Creek, right? So, um, for in the tourism part, so I'm a I'm a hotel site selection person. So I may have a group that's interested in there, but she doesn't know me. So she's trying to get information out in 15 minutes about you know um, what business do I have or what potential business do I have for Walnut Creek. So she's asking me information. She's giving me information about her and her organization, what hotels are there, you know, maybe what uh, venues are there. You know, they can have concert venues or whatever that I didn't know about, you know, for, you know, for my attendees and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of interesting how we have this. It's kind of like speed dating. If you if you've never done one of these things, it's just say it's like speed dating where basically you get 15 minutes to talk about yourself. Um, she talks about herself. I talk about myself. And we see if, you know, 
someday this is going to be a match, meaning I'm going to be able to bring her business and she's going to be able to take care of my clients. So that's basically it. So, uh, but it's going to be interesting because I want to make sure I bring that up because I've had people, CBB people on the show before, but I never brought that up before. So we'll talk about that. Okay. So, Ooh, that was it. But once again, I want to thank everyone for joining in. And like I said, I do apologize for any technical difficulties I may have come up that may have come up. I didn't come up with them. They came up on their own. But for the people that are podcast, there should be no issues with you at all. Because I just I may have you may have heard something in my voice, but uh, it didn't affect you because you're not looking at the video. You're just hearing my voice. So, but anyway, but thank you guys so much for joining on air with Russell of hotels. It was show number 160. Got that music going. So you guys have a great week. It's taco Tuesday. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. Peace. Thank you for joining on air with Russell of hotels. Please tune in every Tuesday at 1 PM. As we talk to other hospitality professionals, your feedback is important to Russell. Feel free to email him at russell at russellofhotels.com with any questions or suggestions. Until next time, try not to be a person of success, rather become a person of great value.